1: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I got to tell you, there is this war going on, and there is a lot of winning going on on the right. And, uh, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of the conservative movement and how we've stood up to the radical, tyrannical globalist left. Uh, It's so important. The war that we're in is uh, is a real war. It's being distracted by other more traditional types of conflicts, but it's a war nonetheless. You know, I think that this Russian-Ukraine thing is a bit of a distraction. I think that Afghanistan was a distraction. Distraction to what? And I think open borders would be a consideration. Uh, The open borders that we're dealing with is one of the goals for them. Uh, They say that most first-time voters who come across the border vote Democrat. But eventually that'll change, perhaps when it's too late. So that's why we have to nip it in the bud. What we're seeing happen across the board in canada and in australia is is really no uh surprise but what is interesting is we're starting to see and hear discussions from different uh different places in the world uh newsweek came out with an an, a new uh article um and it was about the uh, Prime Minister of of, uh, Hungary, talking about uh, socialism and uh, liberalism. And what's interesting about it is that the Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, rejects the illusion of liberal neutrality, recognizing that a values-neutral liberal order amounts to a one-way cultural ratchet toward leftism and progressism. It kind of reminds me of what McCarthy was trying to say. Now, I don't necessarily endorse the way what McCarthy did, but McCarthy said, you know, communism is 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 sort of like what, what a lot of people, a lot of people have this idea about what Islam is and radical Islam. And uh, it's no surprise that liberalism endorses Islam, Islam, Islamic uh, tendencies. So radical Islam is sponsored by liberals, and the Black Panther movement, which is the most radically liberal of the black population, which is basically morphed into a Black Lives Matter Marxist cult that doesn't pay their taxes and that hides their donorship to the point where they get banned off of Amazon's list of charities, because they're not a charity. They're a political mafia. And so... Black Lives Matter is really an offshoot of Black Panthers. They're into segregation. They're separatists. They're Marxists. They're anti-American. They, they lack all, all types of gratitude. Uh, they're about taking. They're about race. They're about discrimination. They're the lowest of the low, the stupidest of the stupid, the dumbest of the dumb, and that would be what I would consider to be Black Lives Matter. And it was designed by the radical left to abolish and defund the police, to sow the seeds for anarchy, which is what the Liberal Party is trying to do, You in know, a, in, a, in a style fitting for Cloward and Piven, And that is the destruction of our economy, the destruction of our middle class that stands up and fights against tyranny. And to create confusion as to whose side we're on. I talk about these things all the time and I talk about them in different ways that you don't hear on other channels. Like when I talk about England, and I talk about Benny Hill, and Monty Python, and the Beatles, and then I talk about Amir Khan, a radical Islamic guy that runs London, you, first you got to ask the question, how in the world did a guy like that get elected to be the mayor of London, which in United Kingdom politics in England... um that that holds a very substantial weighted position. And it's because they imported the voters. It wasn't the it wasn't the blokes that, you know, or it wasn't the British guys that played rugby and soccer that went down to the pub and sang old British hymns songs. It was it was uh an in- intrusion. And that came at a price. Uh, we, you remember Charlie Hebdo in France, and you remember all the beheadings in the street, and all the axe murderers, and the people getting stabbed by, with knives because they banned guns? We forget about all that. These people's lives have been flipped upside down and turned into a living hell in England they lost their culture their identity and the european union was a big huge influence in all of that not just the european union but the currency they're controlling the currency too with the british uh, with the euro they used to have you know now england's a bad example of that because they still have the british pound but in france for example and I remember in 2000, I was there talking. I was actually drinking with this older gentleman that was a French nationalist. And he hated the fact that the European Union was going to steamroll over France. And he hated the fact that the the French franc was going to be converted into the euro. And he really hated the fact that he, that he was afraid that their romantic language, French, was going to be bastardized or replaced by English or whatever, whatever other language. But he really didn't want to lose that culture, their identity. And that's what's happening, I think, that's the glo- that is what the globalist mu- movement is all about. And it's the radical left that endorses. They're the ones that want to pay for the Palestinian Authority, Without merit. And that's the, that's the other issue. It's without merit. That's the big deal. That's what it's all about. Have they earned? What have they earned? And that's the question you have to ask. What are they earning? Are they earning it? And the, the question, the answer is no. They're not performing as a race and by dividing them, it only hurts them. But that the Democrats don't care. So the Democrats, in the wake of, um, say, uh, Michael Brown and Ferguson, when they sent Al Sharpton and Eric Holder out there to stoke the flames of racial division, brought about a new class of black militants called Black Lives Matter. And they rioted and burned the cities to the ground. And they did it with uh, George Floyd. Now they have some sort of a thing. They're passing a George Floyd scholarship of some sort, which is insanely ridiculous. And they're doing that in the name of George Floyd, a porn star. I mean, wasn't even a star. The guy's high on fentanyl and heroin, and he makes his money, as what? A bouncer? Uh, a porn guy? And somehow that's who they want to embrace. Remember Freddie, Freddie Gray in Baltimore? And they burnt uh, the city. That's where Stephanie Rollins Blake said, we got to give these black people space to destroy our city. We're going to give them space to destroy. And again, that was a flawed way of thinking. You don't give anybody space to destroy. The one thing you could say about the truckers and the one thing you can say about the conservative movement is they're law-abiding. They clean up after themselves. When they have a big rally in D.C., they clean up after themselves. The Tea Party did it. So do the Trump supporters. It's all about love. And it's not about... Intolerance. It's not about censorship. It's about free speech. It's about discussion. You go to a liberal rally and they don't want to talk to you if you disagree with them. If you're a reporter and you want to engage in a de- honest debate, they don't want to have a debate. Because the position they're on is ill is ill-grounded. They can't defend it. They have to railroad it. They have to ramrod it. They have to talk into a one-dimensional, one-sided mic without any room for discussion. And Don Lemon does it. Chris Como does it over at CNN. Rachel Maddow does it, packed full of lies. Egg all over their face. And they censor topics that are important to Americans, like Hillary Clinton doing the most dastardly deeds, of spying on an American president, waging a coup against our country, rigging an election, and basically trying to call somebody a traitor, like calling Trump a traitor when it's them that was the traitor. I mean, there's a meme I'm looking at right now that's up on my screen. It says, Black Lives Matter co-founder oppressed, and she's standing in front of four houses There's four images of the houses that she bought behind her wearing, you know, really fancy clothes. And she somehow is the oppressed. But the convoy organizer who basically got arrested for what I have no idea, there's no charge. They're considered terrorists in the eyes of Trudeau, in the eyes of radical globalism. But what's happening now is that we're starting to have a cerebral discussion about what's happening and and, and leaders like Orban from Budapest from from Hungary are basically standing up and talking about you know, there's no room to negotiate with terrorism. And and the true terrorists it's not the truckers. The truckers aren't terrorists for honking a horn is not terrorism. But what is terrorism is fascism and fascism where you seize the bank accounts of people that you disagree with, arresting people for their God-given right to express themselves and to speak up and to protest and, and peacefully at that. There are picture after picture after picture of these protesters in, in the truckers right now, but... You could say even the J six rally. The only thing that was happening there is they were being infiltrated by the Capitol Police, and they were being infiltrated by the FBI, and we saw this with the McCulloch, McCullough who ran against Yunkin, in Virginia for the governorship, where Yunkin won and McCulloch had who had the power of the Clintons, and the power of the money, and the purse. For the Democrat Party, lost. And he lost because he basically said parents don't have a right to change, to 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 uh, raise their children, that they, their children are a byproduct of the community, and the community is run by the liberals. In the school districts, and mask mandates. ACLU right now, the ACLU of Virginia. Despite the fact that. Mask mandates and mandates in New Mexico are being ending right now. In New Mexico, right now, I just read something just this morning that New Mexico is ending all the mandates. Vaccine passports, New York, Washington, D.C. You don't need a vaccine passport to get into a restaurant anymore. Thank goodness. Is it because it's an election year, an expedient? Is it because it's not polling well? Is it because the, of the science doesn't prove it? They'll continue to lie to us, that's for sure. Fauci, I have a clip that we're going to be playing from him where Fauci is basically crediting masks for uh, beating Omicron. You know, all these things are happening at once and everybody's jockeying for position. But what's happening now in D.C. is we're starting to have this honest discussion about what progressivism and liberalism really is. And it's not what you think. They, they've they sort of like abandoned the unions. And they've abandoned their principles. I've never been a big fan of the unions. But I understand why they existed. I do. But... Anyway, Amy Fan West writes this. She says, seizing the bank accounts of law-abiding citizens exercising their God-given rights simply because they don't agree with you politically is tyranny. Jim Jordan wrote, the mainstream media said that Steele dossier was real. It wasn't. They said that Hunter Biden's laptop story was fake, and it wasn't. And now they're saying that Clinton's cronies didn't spy on President Trump. And they did. How do you like that? But there's an article out there that came out in these uh, this uh, newspaper, new news online news source. It says the Democrat brand is so toxic. Internal Democrat research holds bad news for the left. So this article. Uh, is an opinion piece, but it says, are you planning on voting Democrat this fall? Or more importantly, do you know anyone excited and proud to, to uh, vote Democrat in the midterms other than your crazy aunt who's really into cats and some delusional colleague, college student with a nose ring. So, Now they've gone beyond gay marriage, Uh, says, no, 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 well, no wonder. Under President Biden, Democrats have turned from the pro-union, somewhat culturally liberal and otherwise pretty moderate party of Clinton into the full far left vision of Obama. Now, I could see that the writer here is trying to make a point. I, I always thought that the Clintons were actually farther to the left, but hiding it. Because that's what the left has to do. They have to, they have to master the art of deception to get their policies passed. You know, you have to pass it before you know what's in it, as Nancy Pelosi said when she was talking about Obamacare and all these big spending bills. Pass it and then we'll tell you what's in it. Well, then it's too late, isn't it? It's already a matter of law. So the writer here says, now they've gone beyond gay marriage and are pushing to trans the kids, beyond the wanting uh, legal immigrants to be welcome to opening the border and letting millions of criminals flood in, and beyond being healthy, skeptical of the military to purging it of conservatives. Oh, and there is inflation, disaster, and embarrassing Afghanistan retreats, and the budding crisis in Ukraine none of this none of that is popular with the average person so what is this what what impact is this going to have on the average Democrat and I know several average Democrats and that they they are not going to change that's the only problem and one of the other uh themes and trends that I'm seeing in in the uh uh, corridors of Washington D.C. And all the writers, they're starting to write these articles. They're talking about the establishment. The establishment and uh, there's this new, uh, well, it's not a new word. It's an old word, but you may not have ever heard of it. And it's, um, what it is, is fusion conservatism. And fusion conservatism is basically William F. Buckley conservatism. It was the origins of what we had considered to be conservatism for a long time, and what's happening is this: this brand of conservatism is being um, is being dismissed, or it's being replaced by new conservatism. I like to call new conservatism Trumpism, Trump conservatives, and <clears throat> the the. Uh, the interesting dynamic of this whole thing is if you were to, and I've always said this, I said this for a long, long time. I said this since the very, very beginning, before Trump was even a president. I said, I have never seen a conservative more, I have never seen a candidate that was more conservative in terms of true conservative principles than Donald Trump. And that came in the in the way of when Trump was running for president of the United States. People like Marco Rubio and even Ted Cruz would try to sell the idea, or or Jeb Bush would try to sell the idea, or Carly Fiorina would try to sell the idea that the, that the uh, Trump wasn't really that conservative, that he you know flip flopped on abortion and he flip flopped on this issue and he flip flopped on that issue. And that, you know, he wasn't really as concerned. And I said, Trump is the most conservative of all conservatives I have ever met. For one, he reminded me of a young Giuliani, not a late Giuliani. He reminded me of a guy, when you get, get ask a question, you get an answer that the average Joe could understand. Not some legalese thing that a lawyer would be proud of where you're talking out of both sides of your mouth and the interpretations are vague or the availability to interpret could be vague. And he gives it to you, a straight answer. No bones about it. No mistake what's going on there. So he gives you that answer. And then he talks about the American First policy, what what eventually became the American First policies. And I, I think it's worth a discussion because I'm starting to see these articles written all over the place in Washington. And what's interesting about it is that you''re, you're there, there, well there's a there, there's a power struggle in the conservative movement, a fissure. but it's a fissure it's a fissure without daylight. Because there's no difference between, if you were to listen to what F. Buckley would consider to be William F. Buckley and the National Review, if you were to listen to what they would consider to be conservative, and then you were to listen to what Trump considered to be conservative, they would be probably almost identical. In fact, you would want to have someone like Trump. He would be the most conservative. Strong borders, sovereignty, Independence, smaller government, lower taxes—you know, more of a, akin to a trickle down, a trickle down effect, you know, like a trickle down economics, a Laffer curve, something like that—and that, and that I, I believe proves to work that you allow market mechanisms to take, take hold. And I think that that's really important. Capitalism always finds a way to find the least resistance, like water flowing down a stream, you know, going around the stones and the rocks and finding the path of least resistance based on gravity and liquidity. That's what it's all about. Capitalism finds the truth if it's left untouched. But as soon as you get market influencers in there, like the government, you know, the whole housing bubble, for example, was brought about by Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton's economy, the only reason why he was successful with his economy was because there was an internet bubble. There was an internet boom under his watch. And you could say the same thing for George W. Bush. Bush. George Bush was working off of a housing bubble. Bill Clinton was working off of an internet bubble. It was a new invention in the early 90s. And I was—I know because I was a pioneer, I was there. I was one of the originators on the internet with a, a web, uh, one of the first website hosting companies in 1995, 1995, 6, 7, 8, all the way up until today. And that's where I got my IT chops. But I had them even before that, but that's why I started that company. And, and the point that I'm making is, as I was there for the whole bubble, and I saw you couldn't lose. You didn't have to be that great of a businessman to win in that market. I was there. But then it, the bubble burst. The same thing happened under the W. Bush administration. But he benefited not from the internet bubble so much. That was a big stimulus. And the reason why the internet bubble was so um, big is because there was a lot of venture capital going on. Startups everywhere. So what was happening is a lot of this old money that was collecting dust on the sidelines... These people reached into their pockets. They listened to the stories and the dreams of these innovators and these these technocrats, these technology wizards. And they sold them on ideas and they reached into their deep pockets and they invested into infrastructure to set up these startups. And these startups would go out and they would buy their cars. They would buy their um, office chairs, they would buy their printers and their computers, and they would buy their brick-and-mortar buildings and spaces. And that led to uh, the benefits of Home Depot and Lowe's and Staples and Office Depot and computer warehouses and you know CompUSA and all these companies that emerged as a result of the Internet boom. And Clinton was the benefactor of that. And he rode that. But he didn't necessarily earn it. It was happening with or without the Clintons. Just like the housing bubble was another case in point where I think Herbert Walker, I mean, uh, George W. Bush was hoping to get out of Dodge before the housing bubble burst. But he missed it by six months, and that cost that cost McCain the election, which I don't know who's worse, McCain, John McCain, or Barack Obama, but Barack Obama certainly was evil and anti-American and hated America. He was the grandfather of taking a knee, Kaepernick, he was the founding father of um bashing our founding fathers, if you will. Uh, He basically was the start of this movement that says that our founding fathers were a bunch of racists that were imperfect and that our Constitution was a reflection of those values. This was all Barack Obama defunding the police, the emergence of Black Lives Matter, the divisiveness in our country all came from that madman we call Hussein. This whole thing about ISIL, Levant, instead of ISIS. This whole thing about the Middle East turmoil and the anti-Israel sentiments, the anti-Semitic endorsements and sponsorships, the emergence and the financing of globalism through the UN and through NATO and through all these different mechanisms and the corruption worldwide with the help of the military-industrial complex benefiting from the endless wars in Syria and Afghanistan and Iraq. They loved Obama. Obama promised them this, and they got that. All the while, what was percolating is this conflict between Ukraine and Russia because Ukraine was exploiting the Western politicians who were... Selling uh, who were basically trying to exploit Ukraine, they were exploiting each other. <clears throat> and when you get two willing participants spending other people's money, uh, you basically get a lot of palm greasing and a lot of individuals getting rich quick. That included John McCain, Amy Klobuchar, Lindsey Graham, and that's why they wanted to, this conflict with Russia, they wanted Russia to be the enemy. And that's why you will never find a clip where John McCain or Lindsey Graham didn't utter the, the bashing of Russia. And this played into the Hillary Clinton hoax scheme of Russia hoax. Everything was connected here. Because Hillary knew that they were, no one was going to come to the defense and aid of Russia. Because to do that would be perplexing. Because it was bashing Russia was good for business for the military-industrial complex. Because it was never going to escalate into World War Three. just like Russia was never really going to invade Ukraine in, in the way that we could imagine. There's going to be a long conflict. Basically, get rid of the old bullets and buy a whole bunch of new bullets, missiles, whatever. But these wars... People are losing their lives over all of this stuff. But the globalists don't care. They don't. But there is this talk about this Trump movement. You know, the Democrats are super afraid of Trump 2.0, Trump 2024. And the issues and the dynamics that are in play are that they're and we played this clip yesterday about the end of democracy, and they're trying to take this like high road. But like I say, whether it's the William F. Buckley fusion conservatism or whether it's the new conservatism built by Trump, there is a fissure between the two based on style, but there's really no daylight In terms of the fundamental principles. And like I said, Trump standing for the border wall and uh, sovereignty and independence is really important. But strong military, peace through strength, that was a Reagan idea. Trickle down economics that Trump supports, basically lowering taxes and allowing the markets to thrive. And broadening the tax base, that again was a Reagan laugher. Art laugher uh, was fundamental in that, but that was a Reagan idea, and Trump endorsed it. And these are things that work. These are true conservative principles, smaller government, secure, uh, that that practices security, national security, and sovereignty. That's what the government, the federal government, is responsible for. That and perhaps infrastructure. And that's where it, it should be. But this wildly growing, out of control growth of government is a liberal idea. It's a globalist idea. And it's an idea that we should not tolerate. It's, it's why I am so upset with uh, a lot of these so-called conservatives that people like that I, I have a fundamental problem with right now. Um, and it's why we're in the problems that we have. So the William F. Buckley conservatism was good in principle, but it became elite to the point where the conservatives like the Bill Crystals who came from that Or Michael Steele, the head of the GOP, uh, the black guy that became a liberal, right? Michael Steele. Uh, And a lot of these others. But you could even take it over now to Steve Bannon, who's endorsed J.D. Vance. Marjorie Taylor Greene endorsed J.D. Vance. Steve Cortez endorsed J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance supported McMullen, who was a Mitt Romney guy, to try to overthrow The election of Trump hated Trump with a passion, just like Mitt Romney, J.D. Vance hated Trump and now is endorsed by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Steve Cortez, an advisor to Trump and Steve Bannon, head of that so-called war room thing. And again, it's all about selling out for money. Who's going to pay you to say the things you need to say? You know, we get offers all the time to carry water for certain narratives. We never accept them. We get them all the time. People want to write for us a certain thing and put it over on Red State Talk Radio. People want to be on my show and talk about certain things. And I say, no, the the show is not a propaganda piece for you. And no matter how much they want to pay, uh, we'll buy some billboards if you let us uh, do these things. A lot of things happen all the time behind the scenes that are just so unscrupulous. And it gets old to see it and witness it. And most of the time you can't even say anything. But it's disheartening to me When I read this Breitbart article that talks about 17 GOP members, senators, if you will, who vote with globalists to import more refugees and slave labor migrants in exchange for multinational corporate donors who maximize profits with cheap labor. (laughs) How do you like that? Now, that's not the way they spun it. In Breitbart, they spun it this way. The list. 17 Senate Republicans joined Democrats to demand Joe Biden import more foreign workers. Why? So a group of Senate Republicans have joined Senate Democrats to demand President Joe Biden import more H-2B foreign visa workers. Well, that's certainly going to make the Silicon Valley people happy, isn't it? Right? So more foreign visa workers to take working-class, blue-collar American jobs. On Monday, 17 Senate Republicans signed a letter with 17 Senate Democrats that urges Biden to release the maximum allowable number of additional H-2B foreign visa workers to inflate the labor market despite more than 12 million Americans remaining jobless through all will all want a full-time uh, employment. The Senators also asked Joe Biden to speed up the process to U.S. employers so U.S. employers could get foreign visa workers quicker into blue-collar American jobs, often in construction, landscaping, the tourism industry, and other occupations without meaningful H-2B cap relief, they say, Many seasonal businesses will be forced to scale back operations, cancel or default on contracts, lay off full-time U.S. workers, and in some cases, close operations completely, the Senators wrote. Who are these Republican Senators? would not we like to know? Well, the 17 Republicans who signed the letter are Kevin Kramer from North Dakota, no surprise there, Mike Rounds from South Dakota, these are all Republicans, by the way. Lindsey Graham. Huh. <laughs> Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. What a loser. James Wright Rich from Idaho. Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. Roy Blunt from Missouri. Cynthia Loomis. I'm telling you, Missouri is probably going to flip to Democrats. You watch. It's going to sicken me to see this. But the reason why there is this... Uh, um spike in COVID cases is because they were flooding the st louis area with illegals they're going to pull the same kind of crap they pulled in georgia they're going to pull it in missouri and the reason why i know that that's in play is because claire mccaskill a radically liberal democrat claire mccaskill she lost barely but she, and she was ahead in the polls. She's still lost by the skin of her teeth. But Missouri's not as red as you think, and she was a senator. There, she won a statewide Senate seat, not that long ago, and that Missouri slipped into uh, Republican hands, according to the Democrats. And they then took a whole bunch of COVID positive patients from the southern border and influxed them into uh, Missouri and created a, a real spike. And that's why if you look at some of the hot zones and patterns, that's the kind of thing that happens. Cynthia Loomis, Republican from Wyoming. What the heck is going on in Wyoming? Can't they find Republicans that support Trump and support American workers and American first values? How about John Cornyn from Texas? Or Mike Crapo from Idaho. Or John Thune from South Dakota. Susan Collins from Maine. Pat Toomey, who's basically retiring and he's out. He's not running for governor. I think there was a health issue there. But Pat Toomey was a rhino. Susan Collins is a rhino. Lisa Murkowski is a rhino. And all these other senators that hooked up and joined ranks with them, like Lindsey Graham and everybody else. Roy Blunt. John Cornyn, Mike Crapo. Okay, Pat Toomey, Roger Wicker from Mississippi, Jerry, Jerry Moran from Kansas. Ram Paul, breaks my heart. But Rand Paul always had these stripes as well. He's from Kentucky. John Barrasso from Wyoming, another Wyoming. Both Wyoming senators voted on this. And Tim Scott, breaks my heart. Both South Carolina senators, both Wyoming senators, Voted with Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and, and uh, uh, to support this, and Pat Toomey, I should say, uh, to, um, to do this, to basically support foreign workers and take American jobs. And the Democrats, of course, are all part of this. The White House and congressional Democrats are hell-bent on eliminating any meaningful limits or restrictions on immigration. But Republicans still can't unify behind doing the opposite. R.J. Holman with the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Okay, so that's Federation for American Immigration Reform. That's fair. Told Breitbart News. They're great on the illegal front due to the border crisis, but why not also oppose programs that are rife with abuse, displace American—also, they create incentives. The article doesn't say that, but this is what causes the incentives to do it. Meanwhile, 6.5 million Americans were unemployed in January, while an additional 5.7 million were out of the labor force entirely. Another 3.7 million Americans are underemployed. That is, holding part-time jobs while wanting full-time work. Some 408,000 jobless Americans said they do not believe there is any work available for them in the current labor market. Every year, businesses are allowed to import 66,000 H-2B foreign visa workers to take blue-collar, non-agricultural American jobs, Former President Donald Trump routinely brought in additional H-2B foreign visa workers for businesses to hire, and Biden is doing the same. In December 2021 and January 2022, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas announced that he would allow businesses to import 40,000 more H-2B foreign visa workers. So there was a constant struggle with Silicon Valley, I recall, and Trump. He was being pressured, Trump was. And again, you know, here's the problem for Trump, is Trump is this outsider, and he's dealing with these insiders in Washington. And if he wants their support, and he needs their support, but if he wants it, he has to actually cater to them a little bit. You know, there's a lot of conservative organizations in Washington, D.C. that aren't profiting from Trump. And so where's the incentive for them to endorse Trump if there's no nothing in it for them? And that seems to be one of the growing problems and why it is that we're seeing these articles emerge all over the place. And it's a little bit scary when you think about it. That we can't win and beat the Democrats if we are divided. Because they never really divide themselves. They are divided, the Democrats. But... They sell out. They're zombies. They vote like puppets. You know, they do as they're told. It's a sad, sad truth. So I want to read some tweets uh, also before we, and then I have a couple of clips I want to play. But um, here's a meme. It says, those of you that voted for Biden, here's your chance to brag. What is, What has he done so far that you're most excited about? Can anyone think for a moment what accomplishment Joe Biden has really done? Anything? Was it was it Afghanistan? Was it re- relations with Russia and Ukraine? Was it build back what is build back better? He didn't even get the voting rights for the left. He didn't he wasn't able to pack the Senate like he wanted to. He wasn't able to pack the Supreme Court like he wanted to. So far, he hasn't even gotten a Supreme Court justice replaced. What has he actually done? He's done nothing. And thank goodness, you know, for in a large part, I'm grateful for the fact that he's achieved so little. But he has done a lot of damage. He, He flooded the southern border with illegal migrants, which are going to be converted into voters. And that's why they're doing it. That and the fact that These senators, these 17 senators, like I said, sold out to corporate America who wants that slave labor to increase their profits. And the same people that advocate for $15 minimum wage are importing slave labor markets. So where's the sincerity there? You know and I know they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. The Bradford File writes, Has Hillary Clinton been arrested for a conspiracy to frame her opponent for treason yet? Chicago Ray writes, Breaking right now, mail-in ballots in PA are rendered null and void, winning. Now that seems too good to be true. Trump won Pennsylvania, folks, of course. So bring on the midterms. At Pennsylvania State Court on Wednesday delivered another blow to the state's universal mail-in ballot law by issuing an order that a previous ruling rendering the law null can take effect starting in March. So Pennsylvania court declared, this according to the Washington Post, Pennsylvania court declares state's mail-in voting law unconstitutional. The two-year-old law was struck down by a Republican majority on the five-judge Commonwealth court. Let's see. Pennsylvania court declares state's mail-in voting law unconstitutional and win for Republicans. The state's Democrats' attorney general promised a swift appeal and insisted that the court's action won't have an immediate impact on elections this year. A Pennsylvania court struck down the state's expansive mail-in voting law as unconstitutional, delivering a temporary win to state Republicans who challenged the law after former President Donald Trump falsely claimed, well, this is the Washington Post, (laughs) says falsely claimed mail-in voting resulted in election fraud. Of course it did. There's nothing false about that. That was just the word they threw in there, this writer, Mariano Alfaro. I wonder what, what, what motivates her. While the two year-old law was struck down by a majority of five-judge panel of the Commonwealth Court. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf and the state's Attorney General Josh Shapiro promised a swift appeal. The administration will immediately appeal the decision. Of course, they want mail-in voting because it's riddled with fraud. That's the only way they can win elections. Amid the pandemic, more than 2.6 million Pennsylvania voters out of 6.9 million cast mail-in or absentee ballots. I think that's insane, right? It used to be that absentee ballots were for students or for military or for the elderly who couldn't make it in. Other than that, go out there and vote in person. Show your ID. And for that, if that were the case you'd have so much less fraud you'd have fairer elections and you wouldn't have a democrat winning anything they would lose every race because they don't have anything that they can sell so no excuse mail in vote voting makes the exercise of the franchise more convenient and has been used four times in the history of Pennsylvania approximately 1.38 million voters uh We have a caller call again. I didn't know that was up. Uh, Caller, you're on the air.
0: Hi, I was calling about uh, inflation and I wanted to tell you that I really believe that inflation is not being caused by people getting $15 an hour. It's caused by corporations who are making all kinds of huge profits who wouldn't have to raise their prices, but do because they see the opportunity to do it.
1: What is your name and where are you calling from? Uh my name is Mary Lou and I'm calling from West Virginia. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the fifteen dollar minimum wage represses an economy. Uh it's just a poor it's just a poor direction to go with regard to that because you know, fifteen dollars in New York City and fifteen dollars in West Virginia are two different things, isn't it? That's number one. And number two, you gotta let the markets decide Uh, what the price is for labor. Uh, But by importing uh, uh, cheap labor, slave labor, to maximize profits is, is another thing. Quantitative easing also causes inflation. Quantitative easing, where the Federal Reserve just prints all kinds of money, I think is another reason for inflation.
0: I think you and I are disagreeing on what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that corporations are the ones who are choosing to raise prices and they're blaming the $15 an hour wage increase uh, ah. to say, oh, we need to raise our prices. Well, uh, and in my opinion, it's the corporations who don't have to raise their prices because right now they are making huge profits. They could they could very easily uh, yeah. raise their minimum wages to oh, $15 yeah. an hour and not blame the worker for raising prices because the worker wants more money
1: i don't disagree with you there is a there is an element of greed there and i actually think that there was a coordination coordinated effort with the biden administration to enable the corporations to buy low and sell high and selling high is part of that greed and that inflation and and i think that the beef industry is 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 a guilty of this for sure um but uh, I think also, though, that this inflation was predicted in terms of um, the supply chains. The supply chains were predicted. And uh, closing the oil is uh, was also predicted. Um, we, we have uh, people calling in, and we're at the end of our show. So, But I want to thank everybody for calling in today. All right? And uh, thank you so much for calling in. Um, you know, I didn't want to. Uh I want to comment on that but we we're actually at the end of our show right now as as we we can see but uh I wanted to say that we've talked about that in the past. I do believe that inflation is being caused by greed and corporations are raising their prices and things like that. That's true. I don't disagree with that. All right, well I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Scott Adams show and uh be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. Use Red State over at MyPillow and check out magapack.org. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Everybody.
0: Just to bury my kids right up to the